Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Welcome to the Urban Ministry Show, and it's a very special one today for for many reasons. One, you've noticed I'm not on my own here. I've got Shay, my lovely wife, next to me. And we've got Ed Drew from Faith in Kids. Hi, Ed. It's Duncan, great to see you. Thank you very much for having me on. And I am recording you for our Faith in Parents podcast. Everyone, everyone wins. Yes, so this is a crossover, like they do on the TV shows, right? <laughs> you've got the Urban Ministry show, and you've got the Faith in Kids podcast crossover. One of them you can watch as a, as a YouTube video. The other, when you're stressed out and with the kids and busy doing something, or in the car, you could listen to it as a podcast. Um, although, because of lockdown right now, make sure if you're driving somewhere in the car that it is an essential journey. Um, I have a confession to make. Ed asked me if we could do this interview and I was like, next Tuesday will be good. (laughs) And I'm blaming it on the lockdown, but it's the first time. So today is our 19th wedding anniversary. Um, And last night we both realized that we'd forgotten that it's our 19th. Yeah, I forgot as well. So. This is the first time either of us has forgotten our anniversary. Okay. I thought um, it was sort of next week-ish, but... So. Look, this, this will be memorable for me joining you for the ultimate date night. <laughs> this is what date night looks like under lockdown. <laughs> With Ed. <laughs> so, Ed, you wanted to chat to me and Shay about lockdown, family life, in lockdown and also about like what, what's it like like in our neighborhood on our council estate how are how are people experiencing lockdown is that right all of that the, the first part is is i'd love just to hear from your family and there are some reasons why your family's perspective on lockdown would be interesting i think to listeners i think it's also i took away from our podcast you were so helpful at explaining a great strength of life on an estate is community and you just observed that on an estate, people people are more likely to give their lives to one another, to share, to invite people into homes or to find places to go together. 
And I also think it's possibly true. So you might be more aware of the difference this is making to you. Because there is a bit of a joke, you know, the Englishman's home is his castle. That I, I was talking to a Jewish friend who was explaining that in the Jewish community, the virus is spreading a lot. Probably because the, the Jewish community are spending more time in homes in community. They are closer together. They see more of each other. So it has been a bigger problem for them. Whereas if, you're, if your home is your castle, no one ever makes it through your front door, you're probably less likely to be affected. Uh, and then finally, perhaps on an estate, those financial economic difficulties, perhaps you see a bit more of them. I guess one, one thing I, I want to share off the back of that is some of the ways, or you might be better sharing this, some of the ways some of our friends have been affected by the lockdown um, on our, our council estate. So do you want to share any... Yeah, sure I can. Um, so we have some friends that uh, come to church and uh, they enjoy most days spending a lot of time outside of their homes, um, walking up and down the same street, visiting with people all day, being very sociable. So I think it's a real shock for them to be spending so much time indoors. And some of these people might not necessarily have families, so they might even be alone. Um, so I think that's quite a contrast to what they're used to and I can just imagine that that would be quite difficult. Um, we've bumped into a few friends when we've been taking our family exercise walk. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been good because then we've been able to connect with them because some of them don't have a mobile phone or maybe don't have much data. You know, some uh, some friends tend to go to the local places, cafes and things to use their Wi-Fi. So I, I heard one mum saying to her son, you've been on the computer too much. And she was worried about the electricity going out. So we've got a lot of friends who live by using electricity keys. Mm. You put some money on it, you get it topped up, you put it in and then when it runs out, I mean, we used to have that as well. Like yeah. suddenly yeah. you're in darkness <laughs> and no electricity is on. So there's some people that now the whole family's at home using the computer um, watching the TV or whatever, you know, all the things we're doing to get through lockdown and they can't afford the electricity bill and they're getting, they're getting cut off. So that's, mm. that's one of the things, isn't it? Yeah. Food. Yeah. Um, some of our friends come to church and we enjoy a meal. Well, before lockdown, we would enjoy a meal together, um, each Sunday after church. And so, uh, since we aren't doing that anymore, there's a few people that, um, some some friends in church are making meals for the other friends in church and having them come pick them up like from the front garden um you know because some people struggle to sort of manage their finances and shopping and cooking and things like that so um i've seen that be a nice thing that some people mm. have been doing to help other friends in church people i started hearing that people in the church were giving people meals or even saying is anyone scared to go shopping because i will go shopping for you and people were looking out for one another. What we would yeah. do is on our, I call it a Boris walk, but you don't, you don't like it when I say Boris walk. <laughs> <laughs> but when we go on the Boris walk, I might, I might sometimes say to the kids, let's pray for divine appointments. In other words, maybe God will arrange it that we bump into someone who needs help. And or other times we'd be like, let's walk this way because then maybe we're going to see our mate who likes to sit on that bench there. And we did find we did bump into people. And when I say bump into people, yeah. two meter 
social distancing, bumping into people, right? And and we would then get to chat to people, see how they're doing. Shay, could I ask you a question? Um, sure. You're you're a homeschooling mum, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Could you just t- t- tell us the age of your children? Your your both of your children. Uh, they are sixteen, thirteen, seven, and four. Okay, so the, w- one reason why this is helpful is i'm not going to say to you give me the 10 top tips on homeschooling mm. but what for, for your family what what is the same and what is different and and have you found yourself being able to help one or two friends with just a few top tips sure yeah and um, well obviously since we are homeschooling it's a lot of things in life are still similar um in terms of us being home as a family together um, all the time, you know, and Duncan working from home, so we're all used to just being at home all together all the right. time. But there's a difference, a huge difference, in that we don't have the option to take the kids out to the homeschool group that right. we usually go to once or twice a month. We, you know, my son can't go to his local youth club and do tutoring with a, a, a tutor there. Um, my mother-in-law can no longer help with childcare of the, the, the younger ones, so they're full-time at home with me they normally go around the corner to her house a couple days a week and she helps with their preschool stuff and that's Mm -hmm. an amazing help because i'm still you know 13 years later i'm still trying to figure out how to homeschool multiple children because they all need you at the same time it feels like sometimes so um that's been a new challenge plus um even though we're used to homeschooling um there's this worldwide crisis going on so all of our emotions are you know, not in a normal place. Uh, I would say throughout the day, I I go through a range of emotions of feeling like sometimes really proactive, really like, yes, I'm getting lots done, being really productive. And then half an hour later, you know, you just hear something sad and you just feel like crying. And, you know, you just, you see that 10 items from your shopping cart from your delivery are not coming tomorrow. So you're like, oh Lord, how am I going to get rice or something you know it's just we have to change all the meal plans so i think a lot of my energy is is spent just running the household getting the the items the essential items that we need and um and then i've just had to just kind of let go of saying this is the ideal way of doing homeschool and just just give myself grace take it a bit easier um just get creative in saying okay i'll do this subject with this child for now then we'll go outside for half an hour because thankfully we have a small garden um, and then I'll spend some time with this other child now. So I'm just kind of doing doing what I can. But um, even as someone who's used to homeschooling, I would say this is different and is affecting our family in in a different way to how normal life is. And and Shay, we uh, we need to hear that word of grace, don't we? Absolutely, we, we, yeah. It is uh, for those families who are new to this I I was speaking to a social worker and she said she is very concerned for her families on on her caseload Mm. that if they were if they were if their relationships were strained as Duncan alluded to if they were struggling to find the money to eat if they were whatever your issues if you were struggling before this and we and we probably should be honest and say we we were we're all struggling with something before this of course yeah then we have to be able to say, look, the Lord has us and whatever standards we're setting ourselves, we need to go easy on those. Yeah, I definitely feel for parents who are suddenly thrown into homeschooling. I mean, we had time to think about it, to prepare, to research. Um, and 
and our children are aging slowly and gradually beginning school and, and increasing in their their academic level but to just suddenly be you know instead of going to work you're trying to do work from home and there's children there that you're supposed to teach and entertain and feed it's it must be a real shock and I do hope that people are you know giving themselves a lot of grace because it's a huge adjustment and um, it's a very difficult task to try and do all those things. Would either of you just share something I mean have there been opportunities for conversations through this that may not have come up otherwise are there conversations you have tried to have? I think on the one hand at our dinner table we discuss quite a lot of stuff yeah so we've always had that culture of discussing a lot of stuff and in 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 our family worship time we discuss a lot like when we do the catechism the urban catechism uh, parts one, two, and three. A lot of quest- deep questions come up, and so as a family, we chat about a lot of what's going on in our heart, what's going on in the world, and stuff. Maybe something that has become more prominent is talking about death, maybe. And I, I probably got that wrong um, at first because uh, every every meal time, every dinner time, I was coming down from this room where I was working and I just heard, because it's a terrible time in some ways, the, these press conference, conferences are right, just when you're about to have dinner. So I'm, so I'm checking the news, press conferences, I'm hearing all this stuff and then I'm going downstairs, kids see me, you know, for the first time in a few hours, I sit at the table and I say, I say, guys, guess what? And then I, I say, some poor doctor passed away who volunteered to help, you know, and it was like, it wasn't really good for our kids to every mealtime kind of starts with an announcement of death, you know, <laughs> and uh, you pointed that out. I'm like, what, what, what's, what's wrong? Uh. <laughs> yeah, I just suggested maybe we just uh, eat first and, you know, yeah. maybe then say, so how's everyone doing today? Let's talk about some updates, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we so so we have 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 been doing that now more hang out talk first i mean talk just general chit chat and then maybe discuss something serious about someone who we might know who's passed away or something in the news with the virus um but also along the way also uh encouraging the kids to pray about it so that they're they're praying um for our leaders for the NHS staff, for people in supermarkets, and for everyone who's got the virus so that the kids are praying. Mm. So I see this as it could be a good opportunity. In And by that, I don't want to be like, oh, let's leverage this bad thing into something good. Like, I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a bad thing. It should be a time of mourning. And at the same time, when I grew up seeing my mum on her knees, like praying to God for food and then saw God answer those prayers, I feel like I grew up very rich in a sense uh, to grow up seeing that God answers prayers even in a time of crisis. So, so I feel that it's in some ways uh, we consider it a blessing that our children can go through this with us, learning to trust God. Shay, have you got anything to add? Conversa- you know, other conversations you've had, other perspectives you find are coming out. We've had conversations when we were out walking, trying to know how to word it. When I'm saying, "Stay away from that person," 
to yeah. not sound rude, but actually to try and show the kids, you know, they could, I could say, give them space or something like this, instead of it being like, oh, protect yourself, be be uh-huh. self self centered, but actually helping the kids see like we're protecting other people too by keeping space. So. And and we're we're not making them feel shunned or left out. So we just kind of tried to find some other wording other than stay away from them. You know, to mm. we tried give them space. There's something that I realised I'd made a bit of a mistake in. You know, at the, the beginning when I was feeling really stressed, and I just went into planning mode of how do we plan the meals? How do we plan getting shopping? You know, after a while I was like, I'm forgetting something I learned years ago when I first ended up in a wheelchair and I was bedridden. And that was, that it's really important to have fun with the kids. So I would say that we're a family that, like I said, at the dinner table, we chat a lot about deep stuff and we chat about life issues and our friends at church go through serious life issues and our, our kids hear them talk about it and that. So we're used to conversating on a certain level, but what I often make the mistake of is not having fun, you know, and not, and not being the dad who generates fun. So I, I caught myself doing that and I was like, I, I need to start having more fun with the kids, doing more fun things, yes. play things so that, so that sometimes we're having the heavy discussions and other times we're just having fun and and showing them God's goodness in in just uh, playing together yeah. and laughing together. Yeah. And sometimes too, it will just be a half an hour where Duncan will go and do something with the kids, and that gives me a chance to just go and lie down and process things and just have some time away from the kids because you can get kind of full on if you're where you're all together all the time, you know. I felt for me there's there was something of a breakthrough discovering if if you t- if you if you're trying to do a ministry, a job, and you're trying to look after children, it can mean that every moment spent with the children you feel like is time wasted, time away from your work, time away from what you should be doing. I've definitely found that I need I need to be clear when I'm with children, I'm not working. I'm not on my phone the whole time. I'm not grabbing every moment. I, 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 th- I think we need to make peace with that. It is an interesting question. What will the ch- what will our children remember of this time as they look back? What will they remember of this two, three months when we were locked in our families? Uh, it, it would be a shame if what they remembered was distracted parents r- rather than parents. You know, I- I'm getting to know my children more than I think I ever have before. Hello, Jam here. Hope you're enjoying this podcast. Just wanted to let you know about The Big Day Out, which is an event which is for anybody who is interested in children's work, working with kids, leading any kind of children's work in their own church, Sunday school teacher, helper, whatever. Everybody is welcome. And this is now happening online, so it's never been easier to get involved and to find out more. So The Big Day Out is happening uh, via Zoom on Tuesday the 19th of May in the afternoon. Or, if it's more convenient, do the morning session on Thursday the 21st of May. So there'll be the same session run run twice. So why don't you pick one of those and come along. To find out more, go to the faithinkids.org website and click on events and you can find out more information there. You don't need to be invited to come. If you think you might be interested, then come along, register, find out more. And it would be great to see you as part of that event. Lots of other resources also on the Faith in Kids website, faithinkids.org. And also, if you're able to donate to the work or get involved financially in that way, 
we would really appreciate it. Lots of things have been going on since these strange times have been locking us down. So that's uh, obviously cost money. So if you can chip in some way, that would be really helpful too. And also maybe let other people know about the resources that are being put out on the internet as well. So share links and forward them on. Tell other people about the podcast, Faith in Kids and the Faith in Parents podcast. That'd be great. Okay, back to the interview. For the last few years, I've been thinking a lot about what I call holistic work and family life. And it was really from necessity because, you know, I ended up being bedridden and I ended up having pain levels and fatigue that meant I couldn't work a solid nine to five block. And I only had a bit like now people are having with their Boris walks. Um, sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's just too fun to say Boris walk. Um, and I'm planning, I'm hoping there'll be whole new things coming out, like the Boris dance and the Boris haircut. And, you know, uh, there's a whole, whole world of Boris stuff, but, but basically, um, like everyone's experiencing now, you have this short window to go and do your exercise and maybe bump into some of your neighbors from a safe distance. When you've got a chronic illness, you have a short window to do anything Mm -hmm. social. You have a short window to spend time with your kids. So because you know you could be in too much pain later on when you thought you were going to read them a Bible story at night. So for the last few years, I've been trying to live a more holistic work, family lifestyle where I will do things like when the weather's good like this, I will take the kids, even before the lockdown, I will take the kids out for a walk in the afternoon when it's sunny or play with them out back when it's sunny instead of working, knowing that I have the option of working in the evening when it's dark and it's not so appealing to be out with the kids. And also knowing that in the evening I might be in too much pain. And if I always prioritize my nine to five work, I won't have enough energy left for my kids in the evening. So sometimes I need to say, today I prioritize the children. And if I have enough energy and my pain levels aren't too bad, I will work in the evening. And that way it kind of evens itself out a bit more. And it also means I might be one minute doing the urban catechism with someone online to make disciples. But I might earlier in the day be saying I'm making disciples with my own children and spending time with my children, looking at the word together, reading the Bible together or something. And it's all part of making disciples. So I I haven't properly worked out how this works, but I just went off the back of what you were saying, Ed. I just thought, I just thought, let me share my crazy holistic idea. And maybe it sounds totally crazy, but maybe some people listening might feel a bit freed up about that right now. Duncan, that I I can't really see how what we're doing at the moment isn't what you're talking about right if we believe every minute of every day belongs to the lord if we believe that discipling our children discipling our friends working for the lord in whatever job we do if we believe he is lord over all of these then at the moment when it's all just a mess in our homes when when you you know you know, I, I, I don't, it is true. I do know some people who, who close the door in their office at 7am and emerge at 5pm because their jobs demand that. And maybe at the moment their work is in more of a crisis than it was before. I do know some people are doing that, but I think they're in the minority. I think most people are working peculiar hours, 
so that so that they, they can just make their days work and go to bed thinking I loved my family and I loved my friends and I loved my church and I honoured the Lord in my work as best as I could. It's a, it's a word in season, Duncan, that, that you are able to teach us a little of how to do that. That is a, a, a Do either of you just have a closing thought, something that's in your mind that you would love to share before we pray? I have one thing. I guess now's, now's a time where a lot of people in the nation are thinking, how can we help our neighbour and stuff? And where a lot of people are now saying, oh, life's really hard. How, how can people cope? And I guess I'm, I'm just hoping that for all of us that, I don't know how, how to put this, it, it shouldn't take a national crisis for us to all be thinking, are my neighbours doing okay? How should I take care of my neighbours? And I was troubled today on the news when someone was in a press conference, someone was asked, well, all these all these top guys in government who are getting the coronavirus, what's the deal with that? And a phrase kept getting used saying, well, the virus does not discriminate. And every time I heard it, I winced because I was like, well, that word discrimination is often used along ethnic lines or used along class lines. And it sounded as if the, the way I was hearing it was like, well, even the top people in the country can get the virus. And I, I just thought, wow, that's just a really backward way of viewing it. Why should anyone for a second be thinking that maybe people, the elites of the country, couldn't catch a virus? But I thought it's indicative of how we are as a nation, where... We, we have the stats that if you live on a council estate, your life expectancy is shorter. And it's not, be, the, the studies have shown it's not because of drink or drugs. And we have friends on our estate who have really struggled with universal credit problems, PIP, we've had people in terrible situations over the years, economically, um, where they've been in crisis and they haven't got the help they needed because it wasn't a national crisis. And so I'm sorry to kind of bring down the, 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 the mood a little bit, but I guess I, I'm just hoping that at this time we would all examine our own hearts and think, wait a minute, right now I have the stresses of can I get enough food? Can I get enough toilet roll? But there's other people I've been passing by for years who have that stress every day of their lives, as well as other problems. Um, there's other people who have had mental health problems for years, and because they haven't had the right advocates and the right connections, they haven't been able to get the help they need, just like many people now aren't getting the medical professional help they need because of COVID-19. And I'm just hoping that at this time we might all examine our hearts and think, have I been, because I know I do it myself, have I been sometimes like the guy who crosses over the road when the, the um, not the Samaritan, but the um, beaten Levi. up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you've got the, the guy lying beaten up in the road, you know, and then it's the good Samaritan that comes along. I'm just hoping that at this time we might have some heart change so that we'd be a bit more inclusive even after the crisis is over. Duncan, would you pray that? Yes. Yeah. Amen. 
Uh, Lord God, I confess to you that I'm selfish and I put my own needs above others and I ask for your forgiveness, God. And I'm sorry, Lord, for all the people in my life that I've passed by and maybe just heard their story and then done the equivalent of just saying, well, go and be blessed without really helping them. And I pray, Lord God, that you would change me and I pray for all of us in this nation that you change us, Lord God, so that we be more caring to people, more caring to people who are at the margins, who are at the bottom of the pile, as it were. And Lord, we know that you can bring good out of bad. And we pray that you would do this in this situation of this crisis all over the world right now. Will you bring good out of it and will you use us to bring good out of it and help us, Lord God, to be agents of change in our families and in our neighborhoods and in the world. All for your glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Shane Duncan, very much. Thanks Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been a, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Goodbye to our listeners and goodbye to our viewers. <laughs> God bless. Goodbye.